The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Business is changing, and new marketing avenues are opening up every day. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show that brings you the innovators and trendsetters, taking us to a new age of marketing, media, and social business strategy. Welcome to Market Edge with Glenn Engler. Get ready to hear perspectives on social media and digital marketing that will help you gain insight into the unique opportunities and challenges facing marketers and thought leaders today. Now, now, please welcome your host, a Fortune 500 industry figure in the marketing and communications world for more than 25 years and chief executive officer of Digital Influence Group, the host of Market Edge, Glenn Engler. Hi, and welcome to Market Edge. I'm your host, Glenn Engler, CEO of Digital Influence Group, a full-service digital marketing agency that helps companies unlock the social potential of their brands and amplify its impact to drive business results. Today, I'll be talking about social media for B2B with Paul Gillen, an author, speaker, and online marketing consultant who specializes in helping B2B marketers use social media and quality content to reach customers. Paul has authored several books, including his award-winning 2007 book, The New Influencers, Secrets of Social Media Marketing, published in 2008, The Joy of Geocaching, co-authored with Weiss Dana in 2010, and Social Marketing to the Business Customer, co-authored with Eric Schwartzman in 2011. A veteran technology journalist with more than 25 years of editorial leadership experience, Paul was previously founding editor of Tech Target and editor-in-chief of Computer World. An active blogger and media commentator, Paul has shared his expertise with CNN, PBS, Fox News, MSNBC, and many other television outlets. He has also been quoted or interviewed for hundreds of news and radio reports and outlets such as the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, NPR, and the BBC. You can connect with Paul on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash P. Gillen, on his website, gillen.com, or his blog, paulgillen.com. It's great to have you on Market Edge, Paul. Welcome. Thanks, Glenn. Pleasure to be here. So you've spent over two decades in the online publishing world, and you've, between your editor-in-chief role at Computer World and founding editor of Tech Target, what was the impetus for your transition from the online publishing world to consulting? Uh, I got fired. <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, uh, my, my last job was at a startup, which uh, is actually a successful startup, Tech Target. It's still around. And uh, we grew the company. Uh, I was the uh, founding editor-in-chief there. We grew the company to about 450 people and uh, divisionalized at that point. There was no need for a central editor-in-chief. And so uh, I, I uh, decided to try my hand at being a publisher, basically a head of sales organization. Found out that I was terrible at it. And uh, my bosses and I agreed, uh, and so we, we parted company. Target was my largest client for my first two years in my um, uh, working on my own, but that's really what got me started. I, I discovered uh, social media quite by accident. Uh, I had left the company. I was intending to do something entirely different and uh, stumbled into a, uh, a presentation that, um, or into a, a, a seminar that um, – 
and was asked to blog about it. I did blog about it and got uh, 800 visitors to my blog in two days uh, based on one link uh, from, from one prominent attendee. And that convinced me that this was going to change everything. And that's when I started writing new influencers and really turned my whole uh, whole career in that direction. So you're doing so many different things, and I, w- I want to get into examples of some of the projects you're working on right now. But what's the day in the life of Paul Gillen? <laughs> That's a great question. I don't think I've been asked that before. Uh, you know, like like a lot of people who work independently, I have uh, a couple of, of key clients, uh, foundation clients that I work, I spend uh, time with every day, and uh, IBM is one of them. Um, and I have, uh, and I have also work with a startup company called Profitecture that's doing social uh, business uh, consulting and training. And I'm one of their trainers and assist them with, um, uh, you know, work, working with their clients and uh, creating proposals and such as that. And then uh, I write as much as I can. So I try to get a lot of uh, a lot of words out there. I've written, uh, I write a column for B2B magazine uh, every month. I write uh, for their social media newsletter. Um, I have some clients with whom I work uh, specifically on writing projects. I have two different blogs that I maintain. Um, and... Uh, I uh, contribute to the CMO site and uh, you know a, a number of other uh, outlets that come along. So, and I'm also writing another book right now. So I I have my hand uh, in a lot of writing projects. Usually, probably write a couple of thousand words a day on on any given day. In addition to working with my um, with my consulting clients. So people listening, this is not somebody sitting at home with his feet up, not doing anything. Um, it's exhausting just I mean, to hear the day. It's day in a life. Yeah, you can have your feet up, but I still have my feet up, but I'm usually doing something. <laughs> <laughs> so talk a little bit. Um, what are a couple of the projects, without giving away state secrets, that you're kicking around right now that are um, that you're passionate about? Well, I'm I'm working on a new book, as I mentioned, uh, that uh, has a working title of Attack of the Customers. And this is a book I've actually wanted to, to write for some time, and, and uh, I'm partnering with a um, an executive, Greg Gianforte, who was the founder of Right Now Technologies, which just uh, sold out to Oracle for $1.4 billion. Yeah. Uh, and he's very passionate about the, this idea of customer service as, uh, as a differentiator. Um, I'm more focused on the attack part of it. I, I think that's fascinating how people are using online channels now to, uh, to uh, you know, lodge their criticisms of uh, companies and organizations that they don't like. Uh, that, in many ways, that was... Uh, that's been a sub-theme throughout my first three books in this area has, has been how to deal with online criticism. And I've been digging in for the last few months to a lot of stories uh, and, and tactics about how to deal with that. So that book is about uh, a third of the way finished right now. And uh, that's something that I, I work on whenever I can you know, find 15 or 20 minutes in my day. I, I do that. Uh, the other... Uh, I guess there are no other big projects I can talk about at this point, but but working with uh, with the startup company Profitecture has been quite exciting because they have a uh, they're really delving into the corners of the market where there's very low awareness of how to use social media, and right now they're working with uh, many small technology companies, uh, resellers and um, uh, you know VARs and system integrators who really are, are 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 brand new. I mean, just really don't have any concept of how social media can apply to uh, to helping them run a better business. Well, Profitecture is, is digging out these opportunities and going into uh, to uh, teach them through a structured training program uh, how to uh, you know how to to get started. And so working with people from square one 
is a lot of fun because I find these audiences are very uh, receptive to doing new things because the old stuff isn't working. You know, the direct mail and the cold calling is, is just not working as well as it used to. And so they're eager to uh, to learn some new things. And I find these audiences very receptive and uh, uh, it's given me a chance to prepare just you know, tons of new material about how to build, build out your network and how to find customers and how to uh, optimize your search visibility. So those are those are really interesting examples, and I can't wait to to get. I won't I won't push you on the book to know when the other two thirds will be done and when the when the folks can can expect it because I'm sure the answer if it's like Larry Weber, my partner in crime, it's when it's done is the answer. Um, so uh, we've had a lot of guests on from the the business to consumer side, and one of the things that's very intriguing to me is your specialty is in really helping B two B clients make smart decisions about social media. Share, if you will, some of the biggest challenges that you see in the B2B space with, um, with B2B companies and social media. Uh, I think the biggest challenge I, I see is just uh, believing that it, that it can offer value. Uh, you know, B2B companies are, um, there are many core differences between B2B and B2C Markets, the nature of those transactions. You know, B two C markets. There's a there's a lot of um, of, of uh, you know personal taste is involved. Uh, a lot of on the on the spot decisions. Uh, you know, people don't think a lot about the jeans they're going to buy, or or the running shoes they're going to buy, or the candy they're going to buy. B two B decisions are all based on value, and yeah. and particularly you know particularly larger ticket decisions may involve extensive research and interviewing multiple vendors and really digging into technical details of a decision. Because you know when FedEx buys fourteen hundred hybrid engines for its fleet of delivery trucks. That's a bet the business kind of decision. Yeah, and interesting. There's, there's really no corollary in the B two C market. P- perhaps when people certainly buy a house or buy a uh, or buy a uh, a car, you know that's a big ticket decision. But but B two B companies make those kinds of decisions all the time. Mm. And the nature of those uh, of those transactions is that there's a very high level of knowledge that's needed, and there are knowledgeable parties on both sides of the decision. Again quite different from the typical B2B decision. The buyer in many B2B cases knows as much as the seller. You know, they have engineers, they have people on their staff who are very knowledgeable about the technology and they want to have in-depth conversations with the companies that uh, that they're doing business with. The nature of the relationships is different. So they will last, uh, typically a relationship will last for years. B2B companies like to do business with a small number of vendors and, and do business with them for a long time. So they right. build long-term relationships and these relationships are often at a very personal level which again you don't see you know I don't have a relationship with M&M Mars even though I like Skittles right I but that's quite different in a B2B context and I find that the biggest challenge to get back to your question is a lot of B2B companies have been doing what they do for a long time yeah they've been successful at it very often the founder is still uh, running the company uh, these people are uh, many of them are in their 50s and 60s uh, you know they they have done they've done business a certain way for a long time they've been very successful at it and they're really not looking to change the way they do business and so getting past that that uh, that opposition or, or just that skepticism I think is the hardest part it's a great point I think it was um, just in the last uh, week or so our Shared client, uh, IBM, uh, came out with a, I think the interview of CEOs and companies and talked about the importance of social media starting all the way at the CEO level where there's a 30%, I think was the number of increased competitive advantage when the CEO is engaged. 
Um, but it's really interesting to your point about believing it can offer value in starting at the top. That's interesting. The study you're referring to, the, uh, the, the 2012 uh, mid-market CEO study, which uh, just came out, very interesting study because the number one uh, priority that these CEOs identified, this is, they interviewed a lot of people, uh, the number one priority was uh, developing their employee, uh, developing the visibility and the skills of their employees. So it was making their employees a more, uh, you know, getting employees more involved in the business. Yeah. And what the the social tools are really good at is digging out, you know, the people who have something to offer, who have unique skills to offer, and getting them in touch with the customers. I, I love uh, one of the companies we wrote about in social marketing in, in the B two B book. Social marketing, the business customer was Indium, uh, which is a company that makes a very high-tech uh, material form of solder flux, uh, fusible uh, metal that's used in the manufacture of, of printed circuit boards. And and the Marcom director there, uh, they use social media very effectively. And the Marcom director there says, my job is to get the engineers in touch with the customers and then get the heck out of the way. Yeah. That's when the sale gets made. So interesting. And um, you you had a really good post uh, recently in Media Post with a fantastic um, title, by the way, of uh, I believe it was How Not to Be a Marketing Clown in Online Techie Communities, which is brilliant. And you talked, you, you gave a few tips for marketers trying to reach the tech professionals. Talk a little bit about um, your guidance that you gave in that post. Well, that actually, uh, going back into our shared client, that post actually, uh, actually, uh, grew out of an experience I've had with IBM where I've been there, sort of their eyes and ears in a technical community called Spiceworks for the last uh, seven or eight months. Now, Spiceworks is a two-million-member uh, online community of IT professionals and very technical. People talk about you know, stuff that just would, would uh, uh, you know, make your eyes cross. Um, but I've had to find ways to engage with this community and and to really you know find find ways to be uh, to become a, a, a useful member and to get them talking, find ways to start conversations with them. And what's really been interesting has been the the total uh, uh, resistance to any kind of marketing message. Mm. Now, I'm, I'm identified as a partner in the community. People know that I'm there on behalf of IBM. But if I post a, a promo for a webcast, a promo for a white paper, a, a, a product announcement, it gets zero activity. If people don't read it. They don't comment on it. In some cases, they actually, uh, they actually trash me for you know, wasting their time with it. And this was really a, an eye-opening experience early on. They don't want to read marketing messages of any kind. And so what I've learned over the last few months is you have to engage them about the, the topics they're interested in. This is a very cynical group when it comes to uh, right. marketers. They're some of the most marketed two people in the world, and they just they don't believe marketing. Right, right. But you can reach them if you become a member of their community, if you contribute value to their community, if you help them along in solving their problems in any way that you can. Uh, not pretending to be a technical expert, but helping right. them find technical expertise. Yeah. Then you become accepted. You become sort of part of the tribe. And then when you do try to guide them towards something, hey, help me out. We need some people to come and register for this webcast. They're much more inclined to do that because they because you're sort of one of them. 
Right. And, and that right. Was a, a one that's been a great experience. I've loved working with Spiceworks. And, and the post that you're referring to was really just summarized my learnings, which is the opposite of what most marketers do. You know, marketers are accustomed to, to talking. They, they yep. lead with the message. They lead with the talking points. And that doesn't work with these, these groups. And it's not just Spiceworks. I mean, you, Element 14 is a group for, for uh, industrial, en- for, excuse me, for electronics engineers. Same dynamics go on there. They don't want to hear the marketing messages, but they do want to have relationships with people, it's, with people of these companies. It's not bad to be a vendor, right. but it's right. bad to be a shill. Right. So I want to I want to um, follow on that um, with a couple other questions for you. But right now we're going to take a very short commercial break. Please stand by, and I'll be right back with Paul Gillen and more of the conversation. Market Edge will return in just a moment. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day. Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS, text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm, sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrands with a Z for eBrands. Radio's Virtual Autobahn. WebmasterRadio.fm. Moving at the speed of light. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. We're back with more Market Edge, bringing you the best and brightest voices in digital marketing, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Once again, here's Glenn Engler. Welcome back to Market Edge. This is your host, Glenn Engler, and I'm here today with Paul Gillen, an author, speaker, and online marketing consultant, talking about social media for B2B. So you just gave a great example about uh, Spiceworks, your work with IBM, and the blog post. Um, one of the things that you teed up in there that we've certainly found is critically important for our B2B clients is around content. You talked a little bit about 
the audience not being interested in broadcasting push messages. But talk a little bit about what you're seeing, and you mentioned this in the um, the media post, social media insider blog post, about how marketers can promote content created by a client within that type of a community without being overly salesy. What are a couple of tricks for the listeners? Well, your best sources of content are usually from your people who build, uh, support, uh, and and market the products. The people who have, you know, the brand managers, the uh, the engineers, the developers, the customer support people. They're the ones who really understand the uh, the products, and they really understand the customer because either they think like the customers, which mm. your engineers think like customers, or they're in frequent contact with customers. Right. And often the the content that they create, uh, we don't think of it as content. You know, our, our our perception of content is well, it has to be an article, or it has to be a video, or it's yes. in a certain way. But the content that they create is they're they're answering questions, they're preparing sl- slide presentations for colleagues, uh, they're putting together FAQs. Um, they're they're uh, uh, putting uh, creating technical documents that explain how uh, you know how, how to get the most out of a product. These are all forms of content, and uh, my uh, I guess the opportunity I think that that a lot of marketers don't see is that this content can be of great value if it's packaged properly and uh, and presented to the right audience. So we create our companies create good content all the time. We're doing mm. it every day, but we don't see it that way. We see it as an answer to a customer's uh, a problem. But if you can take that same content and you can package it as, as a blog entry or as an ebook or as right. part of a white paper or build a webcast around it, all of a sudden you've got a, a, a what we perceive to be content uh, that is just growing out of something that you that you do in the course of your, of your yep. everyday work. So... Uh- you, you've you've hit on a couple of things, and certainly we see this a lot. Where companies either embracing a um, a bought owned earned or a paid owned earned model, or they're thinking about their own channels. And we hear a lot with B two B around Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and YouTube. What's your perspective about B two B companies thinking about those platforms and other social tools or platforms that um, you think they should have in their arsenal? Well, there's been good research done in this area, um, and I, I've collected a, a whole list of, uh, of research. If you follow my Twitter account, in fact, much of what I post on Twitter is research. It's links to research, and, and a lot of it is B2B related. Uh, what you find is that the platforms that work best for B2B companies tend to be quite different from those that work for B2C companies. If you sell, you know, if you sell a typical consumer item, if you sell t- T-shirts or cupcakes, you know, you you want to be on Facebook. That's where the people are. That's where you're. You know, that's where people congregate to talk about the, what they like and you know, talk mm-hmm. about their day. Um, for B2B companies, it's quite different. And uh, in fact, LinkedIn, uh, in research from B2B Magazine and uh, several other sources, LinkedIn consistently outperforms Facebook by a wide margin in terms of perceived value to uh, to B2B companies. Uh, so there's a bit of a, a disconnect there. Yep. Uh, another one is blogging, which uh, you know, B2C companies, blogging is actually, many people perceive blogging to be kind of over the hill or in decline right now. But blogging um, for B2B companies uh, is consistently the number one uh, most useful social media tool that marketers identify. Uh, in fact, just saw another uh, 
bit of research from B2B Magazine last week that, that again, uh, made that statement. And why is that? Well, it's because B2B companies tend to be in very specific industries. And blogs perform so well on search engines. You know, search engines love blogs. Yeah. And so if you have blogs that are optimized to the right set of keywords, the, the long-tail keywords, you know, that there aren't a lot of searches on them, but when people are searching on those keywords, yep. they generally have a decision they want to make. If you can optimize blogs for those keywords, you can generate uh, you know, leads through through what's called inbound marketing, HubSpot's term, inbound marketing. Yep. And so uh, for companies that, that are in very niche-specific businesses, which is typical of B2B companies, blogs are actually still a great value, uh, but not a lot of companies know how to do it. Really interesting, and the, the contrast with B2C is so spot on. So I have a couple last questions, and then we're going to run out of time. But given your work in the, the last several years here, um, look ahead five years down the road. What types of B2B organizations that, do you see leading the pack in terms of smart and effective use of social, uh, social media and social platforms? Well, it, it, I mean, the tech firms are always the leaders. And, and if you go back to the early days of social media, and by early I mean you know, 2004, 2005, right. it was, it was uh, Microsoft and, and IBM and, and Sun um, and Oracle in, in those days that were the early uh, adopters of blogging. And these companies have huge numbers of bloggers right now. I think Cisco has over 60 blogs, and uh, it goes on and on. These companies will continue to lead because you know their audience is online, and that's why you've seen all the yep. IT trade publications are gone, right? <laughs> they're they yep. disappeared in the last 10 years. Really? The audience is all online. So the so the tech companies will lead that uh, lead that charge. I've been impressed though with with pockets of innovation from areas. That, that I wouldn't have expected. You know, the the most successful B two B viral video uh, so far it was produced by Corning, and it's called, I believe, uh, a day made of glass. Mm. Uh, 17, yep. 17 million views on YouTube, and it's a very uh, mesmerizing kind of a video that uh, that Corning put together. Now, you wouldn't think that a glassmaker, you know, would be in a mature industry, would be a leader in that area, but they are. They're doing some some very clever. That was a brilliant uh, video. Mm. Uh, Caterpillar, the the company that uh, does uh, that makes the tractors, is doing some uh, very clever stuff internally with knowledge sharing. Uh, Cmex, which is a company that makes cement, right? <laughs> yeah, cement, uh, the world's largest maker, I believe, uh, is is very uh, savvy about how to use social media. So I, I think what you're going to find, first thing I'd say is that the resistance is melting, and the big difference yep. that I've seen. Uh, between now and two years ago, it was two years ago when I would speak to B2B companies, I get a lot of skeptical looks in the room. And today that's almost gone. I mean, yep. in many cases, the CEO is actually driving yes, the process now. Yes, totally agree. Uh, so that, that shift has, has happened. Um, I, I think the, the innovators will be the companies that uh, tend to be led by, by technical people, engineers. You know, the, the DuPonts and the 3Ms uh, and the... the um, uh, the, the, the Cornings of the world, which have a strong technical component to what they do, they will continue to find new ways to reach technical audiences. So the last thing before we run out of time that I like to do on these um, these interviews is do a quick speed round where I throw out a technology or some key trend, and I get the guest to give a one- or two-word quick response to it. Okay. Um, fun, there's no right or wrong answer. So let's start with video for B2B. Uh, uh, huge opportunity. 
completely agree with you. Uh, how about Pinterest? Uh, for B2B or just Pinterest? Pinterest, um, uh, surprisingly addictive. <laughs> really true. And then last one for fun, um, Daily Deals or Groupon? Uh, saturated market. So interesting. Okay, well, I want to thank you, Paul, for being my guest today, and thanks to everyone in the audience for listening to today's conversation. If you have any questions or would like to talk further about the topic of today's show, feel free to connect with me on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Glenn Engler or on my blog at www.glennengler.com. Visit www.webmasterradio.fm at 12 noon Eastern time on Tuesdays to tune into episodes of Market Edge. For Market Edge, this is Glenn Engler. Until next time, I'm out. Thank you.